Today is 19th February 2020 and I'll be reading Let Sleeping Passports Lie from Maps for a Mortal Moon Essays and Entertainments by Adil Josawala edited and introduced by Jai Pinto Let Sleeping Passports Lie It was a mistake to have dug them out The seven passports I clutch but still don't believe I hold Old passports should be allowed to live or die undisturbed like a nest of mice in some dark self-privileged corner Touch them and they feel as dry as death Turn their pages and sticky little feet will patter all over you The photographs show us in a flash a face gone from youth to age Computer graphics can wrinkle a face in a second Old passports can do that just as quickly The reason I dug them out is that I wanted to write about spring. Bombay spring has truly gone with the fresh leaves on the lime tree on the balcony almost fully grown and a red dead black bug impaled on one of its thorns. Red and black must have eaten lime tree leaves all of Bombay's brief winter. Pierced by a thorn, it must have hissed and died in a mist of lime scent. I thought of the springs I'd experienced in other countries and wanted to check exactly when I'd be in those countries. I thought my old passports would give me a clue. Instead, my first passport showed me the date it was issued. 16th August 1956. It showed me the photograph of an angry acneless 16-year-old ready to take on the world. The photograph is a lie. I know I had acne then, but some dates don't lie. I know exactly when I was in Paris around Christmas 1959. from 19 December to 31st December the paris i experienced then has never been repeated for me to be 19 and alone in the most sinful city in the world is an experience which can't be forgotten especially when all i did was mope wander about the city with my hands in my pockets see the french make pigs of themselves over their food and drink get my first real taste of mayonnaise in a bench and table workers dining hall i'll never forget the taste and I a hooker in Pulagi for us I returned to London a virgin but with an embarrassment of stowaways pubic lice which had boarded me not through any person but by way of unchained bed sheets of the dirtiest youth hostel in the world the passport gave up another date 8 July 1957 I'm at Port Said allowed to visit city during staying hours of ship according to a rubber stamp the ship is the PA Stathmore and the first one to have gone down the Suez Canal after the Suez War. It's night and Port Said is thirsty. It has seen no linear for almost 2 years. It's been a long drought. The drought breaks as some of us step on shore. Port Said flings everything it has at us. Leather belts, slippers, wallets, watches, sticks and daggers. Port Said is also tense. Ship steward Michael, who's fallen in with us Indians, falls out with an Egyptian. The Egyptian is angry about the Swiss. Mike tells the owner of the cafe where we are at to tell the man to leave us alone. Arguing volubly, the owner pushes the man away. Nasser is next to God to the people, a shopkeeper tells Michael later. No, it's not my memory. I got that from a diary I used to keep. But what's the point of talking about it? Old passports, old diaries are terrible reminders of places you visited. The incidents you went through that can never come back. 
Without seeing any more dates, I know what the other passports contain. Distant lands and incidents press between their pages like leaves. Passports and ferns hand you back both your pass and a desiccated version of it. There is the boiling sea of the Hague as I saw it, but it's very long ago. The water boiling in the kitchen in a stainless steel handi has grown more real. There is a woman I went to meet in Switzerland. I can see her smiling still, but the photoed woman of the streets, the one who curses me every time I pass her, has grown more real. Or am I mistaken? Sometimes memory plays such tricks, lends itself to such total recall that you feel you were born yesterday, lying in a maternity ward, eyes still wet and shut, but ready to open them, ready to take on the world. Passports play strange tricks too. If a passport were part of a pack of cards, it would be the joker in the pack. An Indian with an Indian passport is an Indian national. An Indian with a British passport is a British national. In London as students and later as professionals, some of us antagonized for years over our passports. Should we give up our Indian and get the British? If we did that, that would mean that from then on we'd be British and not Indian. On the other hand, Indian passports were among the worst in the world. They generally got you nowhere, and when they did it was only after you overcame a series of bureaucratic obstacles that made you never want to travel again. Now, most Indians I knew in Britain 30 years ago have British passports. Travels much easier for them, though not knife necessarily. As far as I'm concerned, they're Indians. but with wings on their feet instead of padlocks now that my seven passports are with me i start flying i'm in a small town in france a couple of policemen on the scene some boys from the boys youth hostel have tried to break into the girls youth hostel and the warden is enraged now i'm in new york in the middle of a blizzard Taxis don't move down the street they rotate like toys a friend who was supposed to put up with me has gone away without leaving a word It's going to be a cold night. But spring in Britain's another story. A tale told by an idiot full of sound and bother. The sound came from stereos, the bother from the neighborhood. I can see him standing there still, the policeman at the door saying he received a complaint from the neighbors, but I had no sound system. It must be the neighbors themselves. May I see your papers, sir? he asked. I showed him my passport. The first the one with the angry acneless photograph he took one look at the photograph one look at my acne and grinned i grinned back i was ready to take on the world